0: And I'm so happy to be back in the house of the Lord one more time. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Thank the Lord. And never, ever, ever, ever get tired of coming to the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said to me. Look at somebody and say, I was glad when they said to me. Let's go to the house of the Lord. Thank the Lord. What a joy it is to just to be in the presence of the Lord. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Thank the Lord. And um, it's been a few weeks since I've been home on a Wednesday night, but I'm happy to be here tonight. Thank the Lord. I find that um, we need to turn the searchlight, turn the searchlight on our souls every day, every day. You men that can identify with what I'm fixing to say, that you go out in the woods sometime, and if if you're walking through the woods and there's an old log there, you push that old log over. There's all kind of critters start just going everywhere. They feel very comfortable in the darkness, but when they're exposed to the light, they try to find a hiding place. You pick up an old rock and turn it over, well, there'd be all kind of critters just going everywhere. As long as they under under the shelter of that rock. and darkness they feel very comfortable but whenever they're exposed to the light well Jesus said we're the light of the world a city that's set on the hill which cannot be hidden when we come to the house of God that's whenever it awakens our God consciousness we may not be too uh, cognizant of uh, our surroundings when we're out in the world even though we should be but when we come into the presence of the Lord and He turns a searchlight on, then we can see ourselves. Not as we think we are, but as we really are. Praise the Lord. That's why the house of God is so important. Because the, the light of the Word of the Lord shines a light on us. Praise God. And I want to just direct your attention to the Word of the Lord tonight. I... Um, can tell you that as far as this world is concerned, the future has never looked more bleak. But as far as the church is concerned, the future has never looked more bright. And the future of Life Tabernacle, the greatest days are yet ahead of us. The greatest days are yet ahead of us. And if we thought that everything was in the past, then what kind of a a, uh, faith is that? What kind of faith is that? A lot of folks have lonely faith. Look at somebody say, lonely faith. What is lonely faith? Well, the Bible says faith without works is dead. A lot of folks have a lot of lonely faith. Because that's all they have is faith and no works. They just show up every now and then and expect God just to intervene on their behalf. And everything's just going to be wonderful. But you can't, your faith has got to have works attached to it. And I want to talk to you just a few minutes tonight about, uh, well, I preached last week in Hopkinsville, Kentucky. And as I was walking up to the platform to preach, well, they wanted a subject. I don't really think about subjects a lot, but the thing about a subject is sometimes the only thing people remember is your subject. So I imagine it's good to have a subject sometime. So at least folks remember the subject. Praise the Lord. So as I was walking up, they said, we need something for the teleprompter. For you, a title of this I said okay well just tell them uh, that I'm going to speak on issues of the heart issues of the heart and uh, so I read from the book of Deuteronomy the 6th chapter and I want you to turn there book of Deuteronomy the 6th chapter and um, we'll read verse number 3 or verse number four. Hear, O Israel. Everybody say hear. See, that's the first thing that you've got to understand about this is you've got to hear. How can they hear without a preacher? And I was thinking about in the book of Colossians, if you just hold your place there in the book of Deuteronomy, in the book of Colossians, the Uh, Third chapter, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. And then he said, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Notice it didn't say, set your affection first. How can you love anything Without first of all seeking it out. You've got to hear first. You've got to hear. it's an issue of the heart. So that's why he says in Deuteronomy, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God. Everybody say love. So first of all, you hear, if ye then be risen with Christ, if I can correlate these two scriptures, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Everybody say seek. That has to do with hearing. And then he said, set your affections. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. And remember that old song we used to sing years ago? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. You got to seek first. and then after you seek, you hear, and then He said, thou shalt love. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God. And I don't understand this generation. You're talking about a dysfunctional generation, a dysfunctional world where there's so much and there's an epidemic of it, epidemic of it. People can just come in and out of relationships. Well, let's get married today. And if well, the first thing you know, I don't love her no more, and he don't love me no more. And it just goes on and on and on and on. And sometimes we just predicate everything on our little petty feelings. And we, when the Bible says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, he didn't say if you feel like it, or if you, if you got a mind to, it's a commandment. When the Bible says, Husbands, love your wives. It's a commandment. Husbands, love your wives. You don't have to pray about that. You don't have to pray about that. Can I just tell the men, I've got to speak at a men's conference in a couple weeks in Missouri, maybe a couple thousand men there, and I might just tell them, you've got to love your wives. You don't have to pray about that. Someone's telling me today about praying for somebody. I said, I don't have to pray about them. You don't have to pray about getting up and going to work. You just get up and go to work. You don't have to pray for somebody that, that God will light a fire into them and they can get motivated. No, you just motivate yourself to get, get up and go to work. That hunger pain in the pit of your stomach is a good motivational tool to tell you. You better get your hired up and go to work. And that's what's wrong with our country. Too many people are getting handouts. And so they don't feel like they got to work. The worst thing that could ever happen to you is you just get a check coming in and you don't have to work. Whew, it was so quiet I thought I heard a rat licking ice. But it's the truth anyhow. Some things you don't have to pray about. The known will of God you don't have to pray about. When something's written in here in black and white, you don't have to pray about it. You may need to pray for yourself that you can take it, but you don't have to pray about things that's already... Any of you fellows ever take the algebra? Brother Wayne, you know all about algebra. Hey, you cannot find the unknown until, first of all, you know what the known is. And there's always people that's mystical, and they want to know the will of God. The unknown. The unknown. Tell me something way out here. Tell me something spooky. Tell me something. No. Quit worrying about the unknown and just 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 get in here and find out what you know to do. When you take care of what you know to do, then you can go from there. Praise the Lord. Whew. Well, if you don't like Bible study, you're gonna be as a occasion says, some none impressed at all. Praise the Lord. But he said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy uh, soul and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day, shall be in thine heart. Talking about issues of the heart. Issues of the heart. I was listening to radio the other day, and uh, uh, Dave Ramsey's on every night from 7 to 9 on WJBO. And so if you want to listen to a good radio talk show, turn in uh, to 1150 WJBO from 7 to 9. Dave Ramsey talks about Money matters. And his big deal is this guy called in the other night and he said, Listen, I'm just overcome with credit card debt. And uh, he said, um, I've got uh, just a number of credit cards. And I've got some that I don't owe too much on, and then some I owe a whole lot on. And uh, you can turn this down anytime you get ready, Brother Darren, please. okay and so he said uh, uh, I have a lot a lot of credit card debt and said my ones that I have a lot of money on well it's, it's, it's cost me a lot a lot of interest he said what should I do and so Dave Ramsey said to him said what you need to do is start with the credit cards that you owe the least amount on and get rid of them first of all and work your way up to the ones that you owe the most on. And the fellow said back to Dave Ramsey, said, he said, that don't make no sense mathematically. He said, what would I want to start with the one that I owe the least on when the one that I owe the most on is costing me more interest? And Dave Ramsey said, my good friend, this is not a matter of mathematics. If it made sense mathematically, you wouldn't be in credit card debt. He said, this is an issue of the heart. He said, it it don't make no sense mathematically to start with the one that you owe the least amount on. He said, this is not a matter of mathematics. We're talking about you wanting to get out of debt, so you're going to have to start with something that you can do right away. And say, if you get rid of that one that you owe the least amount on and get rid of that, you'll say, hey, I can do this. talking about issues of the heart. First of all, you've got to make up your mind that you're going to live for God and that you love God because there's going to be a lot of things that don't make sense along the way. But if you got a made-up mind that you're going to live for God no matter what happens, I'm not going to... Hey, I'm not... Oh, my Lord, have mercy. Job's wife got in trouble because... Everything was on the surface with Job's wife. You mean to tell me you're going to still live for God? You mean to tell me you're still going to serve God? You've lost everything? Everything. I'm talking about just boom, there it went. And Job himself said, oh, that I knew where I could find him. I turn to the right hand. He's not there. I can't perceive him on the left. I go backwards. He's not there. I go forward. I can't. Oh, that I knew where I could find me. And Job's wife, you mean to tell me you, you, you don't even know where God is and you're still going to serve him and you're still going to love him? Hold on, hold on. I didn't say that he don't know where I am. I don't know where he is, but he knows where I am. You see, there's some things you've got to determine in your, in your life that you've got to, you love God. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. First of all, you've got to get it in your heart. Whoo, Hallelujah. Brother Tony, turn to me. Turn to me in the book of Romans, the sixth chapter, verse number seventeen, and read for me. Romans chapter six, verse number seventeen. Everybody say amen. Amen. You love the word of the Lord? Hey, I'm glad I got this in my heart. You can't nobody get it for you. Can't nobody get it. You can the old saying is you can lead the horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Is that right? So you can show people the right direction, but you can't make them nobody live for God. Everybody's got to get this for themselves. That's what Apostle Peter said on the day of Pentecost. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourself from this untoward generation. There's a lot of things that are not going to make sense along the way, mathematically. But it's not a matter of mathematics. It's an issue of the heart. What does it say, Brother Tony? But God be thanked. Anybody thankful tonight? But God be thanked. Is anybody thankful tonight? Do you remember where the Lord found you? Do you remember what it was like to be lost and undone without hope in this world? Broke, busted, disgusted, hung up, hung out, hoodooed and voodooed. Nobody cared for you. You was just a lost cause. Thank God that He went out of His way to find you. Woo, hallelujah. Thank God. But God be thanked that you were once the servants of sin. But you have oh, you talking about people talk to you about you being in bondage. You've got to go to church and you can't do this and you can't do that. And and, 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 and you, you, you've got to dress this way and you can't go there and you've got to do this and you can't watch this and you've got to do this. and Oh my Lord have mercy. You, you, ever, you ever look at people like that to tell you and the whole time they just fidget as can be and they can't hold their weight to get a hold of something. They're bound to something and, and, and you're talking about bondage. Hey, let me tell you something. You're not in bondage tonight. I'm here not because somebody made me come. I come because I love the Lord and I love the house of God. I'm not in bondage. If the Son makes you free, you're free indeed. I realize that I, hey, woo, hallelujah, God be thanked that you were the servants of sin. <laughs> but have you have the obeyed from the, heart. from the heart that form of doctrine which was, doctrine which was delivered unto you. And you look at people who are in the church today who can, uh, who can uh, just keep on going and keep on going. And, and, and no matter what happens in their life, thank you, Lord, they just keep on going. I'm going to tell you why. It's because it's in their heart. And, and it's got to be in your heart, first of all. Now watch. Hear, O Israel. And after you hear, he said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then he said, This shall be these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart and thou shalt teach them diligently. Hey, you can't casually live for God. Let me say it again. You cannot casually live for God. And thou shalt teach them diligently. Whew, hallelujah. My Lord have mercy. I won't tell you what. You're talking about an awesome responsibility. Parents with children and what have you. you you, you, you got a responsibility. You can't just talk about this every now and then and expect your children to live for God. You can't make them know how. But you can't just every now and then mention and it should never, ever, ever, the question should never come up in your house when it's church night or Sunday morning or Sunday night or whatever church night is. are we going to church tonight? My Lord, have mercy. I'm 50 miles out to sea and I've done hit a stump. Let me say it again. Should never, should never be a question. Are we going to church tonight? Can you imagine me asking my mom and daddy when I was a boy coming up going to church? Are we going to church tonight? My Lord, have mercy, brother. You you told me about. Hey, there's some things that just understood. It just understood, and it's time to go to church. It's time to go to church. And I know there's some of you right now looking at your watch and just wondering, oh, I got to work in the morning, and I got to do, I got to." And you know, all you can see is a skeleton right now. If I don't get to bed by 9:30, I tell you what, I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'll fold up tomorrow. Come and tell you something. There's plenty of sleep in the grave, where thou goest. Lord, have mercy. All you can see is a skeleton walking around. If I don't get to bed by such and such. Well, i got news for you. It's good to get to bed. But I'll tell you something that's more important than that, and that's the house of God. It's the, hey, though the outward man, oh, my Lord, have mercy. Though the outward, let's go ahead and just settle this right now. Your outward man is going to perish. You are going to turn into a skeleton someday. Though the outward man perish, Brother Perkins, I'm going to tell you something about the inner man. It's renewed day by day. I may be getting older and older, but I'll tell you something about my inner man. It's getting younger and younger. The inner man is renewed day by day. Oh, hallelujah. It's all right to clap your hands in the house of the Lord. It's all right to praise the Lord. It's good for man to praise the Lord. Woo, hallelujah. And you need to teach your children how to praise the Lord. Praise God. The reason why some folks don't know how to worship is because they never taught how. They never saw their parents worship. Never saw their parents praise the Lord. And I'm not saying if your parents, if your kids see you do all this, that that it's a, it's a clear shot. I heard a preacher preaching just the other night, and he quoted the scripture that said, "Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old." When he is old, that was his that was his point right there. When he is old, he will not depart from it. And he said, "There is the, the scripture." He was trying to explain what it meant. Was he said it doesn't necessarily mean when he's young that the kid may go out and do all kind of things, but whenever he gets old, he'll come back to it. I don't think that the word of God means that. I don't think it. I don't think it's that. Uh, It's that much trial and error there. The fact of the matter is, I don't care who you are and how well you raise them and how much you teach them when we have a mandate and we have a commandment to thou shalt teach them to your children diligently. And that's what we're going to do. But just because you do that does not necessarily mean that they're going to live for God. Well, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, that doesn't mean that they're going to live for God. It has nothing to do with living for God. It has to do... That Scripture is written on, about, a, about social and, and skills that a parent should teach a child. Brother Ben, I went to his place today. My Lord have mercy. Busier than a one tooth beaver. I'm telling you what, they were just going everywhere. And, and hey, I mean, they changed my all just like that. Boom. And uh, uh, so Brother Ben's got a boy coming on. The least he can do is teach his boy how to change a flat tire or how to change oil because that's what he does and he's doing pretty good. It doesn't necessarily mean his boy is going to be changing tires and, and, and changing oil. But the least you can do is teach him how to do that. And when he gets old enough, he can say, I don't want to do that. I want a desk job. But if he fails at the desk job, at least when he's old, he can still go back to changing oil. That's what that verse means. It has nothing to do with whether they're going to live for God later on, when they when they get old and decrepit and they can't sin no more. Or, uh, you know, I think I'll just go back to God now. That don't mean that. What kind of a what kind of religion is that? Praise the Lord. So, the fact of the matter is, God put Adam and Eve in a garden called Eden. It was called paradise. It was something else. I mean, it was it was a perfect atmosphere. I mean, they breathed 100% God. And God's own children is first, I'm talking about uh, our first parents in the In a place of just uh, just non-stop church, they chose to disobey. They chose to do their own thing. So the first failure was in raising children was God with his own children. But he didn't throw them away. Whoo, you better be glad for that. He didn't say, well, if that's the way you are boom, I'm going to race you. I'm just going to wipe you out and I'm starting over. No, He didn't. No, He didn't. He just did everything in His power and that's the reason why we can overcome. That's why we can have a second chance and that's why we can have, yea, even many, many, many chances because God is gracious and He's slow to anger. <laughs> he made us... A free moral agent to make choices and we make choices and sometimes we got to live with those choices. And the Bible talks about the... Well, I, I, I don't want to get off on that. I, I just got a few more minutes here. <clears throat> and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And that's we need to do that. And he, he, here he and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down, and when thou riseth up, whew, I tell you what—that's pertinent all the time. I'm not talking about you need to go around with your head in the air, just all spiritual all the time because you ain't got to worry about that nohow. Does it, you know because you're just your flesh. You've got to make it a note to read this book. you got to make it a note to teach your children the ways of the Lord. you got to make it a note for them to respect the time of prayer. Whew. Because if they can't do that, they can't respect God. It starts in the home, Brother Bryant. It starts in the home. It starts in the home. That's where you mothers come in. Your responsibility and solemn duty is to guide the house. Praise God. Many times I'd get off the school bus and walking down that gravel driveway back home when I was a boy and I could hear somebody singing before I ever got to the house. I could hear somebody singing inside, somebody praying inside. And I'm going to tell you something. We live in a very, very hurry up world. And we live in a world of many, many modern conveniences. We have no excuses today. We have no excuses. Let me encourage all you mothers and grandmothers. You need to, you need to, do everything in your power. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto their, thy children. <laughs> Man walked came in from work and three children was out in the front yard just running around. None of them had shirts on. They all had water hose going, water squirting everywhere, bicycles in the driveway. He had to move three bicycles out of the driveway just to get up the driveway. And finally when he got out of the car and he went in the living room, the front door was open and the dog was in the Living room and he had a big bowl of dog food and the bag was all busted open. The dog was eating it, and the cat was over on top of the counter, eating uh, leftover food from breakfast that morning. Had clothes strung all over the floor, and had uh, garbage all over the place. Dishes were still in the sink from breakfast that morning. He said something's wrong here. Something is bad. Wrong. He rushed to the bedroom where his bedroom was. And clothes everywhere. The bed. His wife was laid up in bed with a book, just reading it. He had a bag of potato chips there. He said, "What in the world have you done all day long?" She said, "Nothing." This is what it looks like when nothing is done. The point is, he he never ever. All he did was take it for granted what she'd been doing, and you don't do nothing all day long. I'm the one who does all the work. And we live in a world where the stay-at-home moms, they get no credit for what they do. And they a career person, I want to be a career person. Let me tell you something. The biggest and greatest career you could ever do is stay home and raise your children. And I'm not condemning anybody that's got to get out and work, but the most important thing you do is what this Word of God says do. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. What you do all day long? Nothing. This is what it looks like when nothing is done. Now you know what I do when you're at work. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, I appreciate you. (laughs) Hallelujah. So, these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Everybody happy say amen. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And one more verse of Scripture, Brother Tony. I want you to turn to Joshua. And we'll go to 24th chapter and verse number 14 and verse number 15. Joshua chapter 24, verse 14 and 15. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, uh, the future has never looked more bright for the church of the living God. And as far as the world is concerned, the future never looked more bleak. It's a crazy, crazy, crazy mixed up world. But thank God for the truth tonight. Thank God that someone preached the word to you. Whew. It's an issue of the heart. If you, if you don't have it in your heart, you won't be around very long. What does it say, Brother Tony? Now, fear, <laughs> fear the Lord. And serve him in sincerity. sincerity and in truth. And Everybody say, Sincerity and in truth. Read. Serve ye the Lord. Serve ye the Lord read and if it seem evil unto you to serve the lord if it seem evil unto you to serve the lord choose you this day whom you will serve you got to make a choice choose you this day whom you will serve read whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites In whose land you dwell but as for me and hold it right there just just hold it right there Everybody do this right here and say, me. There's no use in you trying to convince nobody else about your salvation. There's no use in you trying to convince anybody else, and your children included, how to live for God until, first of all, you get it for yourself. Joshua said, he said, I'll tell you what, tell you what I'm going to do about my house. They're going to live. No, he didn't say that. Yeah. I'll tell you what I'm going to do about my house. They, they're going to church. No, he didn't say that. He said, as for me, as for me, first of all, you've got to get it for yourself. It's an issue of the heart. And when you get it for yourself, whoo, hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord those children will see that you love God from the heart. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart. And Jesus said, there's people that worship me with their lips. But it's just all it is. It's just lip service. They, Their heart is far from me. Praise the Lord. Now, watch what he said. But as for me, everybody say me Me. and my house. You got to get it for yourself, first of all. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Everybody say, we will serve the Lord. Hallelujah. You got to be good to yourself. I'm going to tell you, you don't know what tomorrow holds, you don't know what the future holds. We don't know what the next day may bring. You don't know what that telephone call is going to be next. That knock on the door, you don't know. That's why you got to get this in your heart. There's some people can live for God as long as everything is on the up and up. As long as everything is just just real. And, and the first time adversity comes, well, I got news for you. Get ready for it, brother Brian. Adversity is going to come adversity will come. There will be a test. There will be a test. But if you love God from your heart, you can take the test and make it a testimony. Oh, hallelujah. Let me say it again. If you love God from your heart and you got a made-up mind, you can take the test and turn it into a testimony. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah you got faith, but don't you ever forget it. There's going to be the trial of your faith. God's going to try your faith to see if it's really faith or not. Praise God. And real faith is not fickle. Praise God. you got to keep on standing. Keep on standing. Thank the Lord. And having done all to stand, stand. Stand. Let's stand together right now. It's in my heart a melody of love divine It's in my heart I'm His and He is mine And that is why I sing and shout It's in my heart, it's in my heart love Him tonight. How many of you love Him tonight? How many of you love Him tonight? You, you just need to tell Him you love Him. Tell Him you love Him. Hear, O Israel, Amen. thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, soul, mind, and strength. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. When thou sittest by the way, when thou riseth up in the morning, in the evening, talk about it. Hallelujah. Whew. You cannot casually live for God. It's going to have to be something that you're passionate about. You've got to be passionate about it. And if you're not passionate about it, you better get the passion back into your relationship with the Lord. I feel like saying it again. If you're not passionate about it, you better get it. You better do whatever it takes to get the passion back and get the fire back. That you will once again love the house of the Lord. And love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Praise God in Jesus' name. Let's lift our hands in love and